0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Some Chicago Bears fans are ready to fire defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano, regardless of whether or not the team makes the playoffs. But I'd like to know what you think he should be doing differently. This is Locked On Bears, And I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Locked on Bears is brought to you by Pepsi. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. On the show today, we'll examine the coaching performances of Chuck Pagano and whether or not he's to blame for some of these Bears defensive struggles as opposed to the talent and the execution and why this might be a little bit of an overreaction to the late season drop-off. Then we'll turn our attention forward to the Green Bay Packers and discuss why this Bears team is going to be different this time around as opposed to the embarrassment they saw back in Week 12, as well as getting ready for the playoffs and whether or not the Bears fit the mold of a team built for the playoffs. The current Bears defense is far from the dominating group we saw back in 2018. Even after taking a little bit of a step back last year, they were back on track to the start this year, and once the losing streak kept going, this defense really fell apart down the stretch, and we've seen them be a little bit more vulnerable than we're comfortable with over the last few games or so. And it's led to some, I think, understandable questions about Chuck Pagano's job security as defensive coordinator, given the level of investment and talent on that side of the ball and the production not necessarily matching up to that, at least on an eye test level. Because over the course of the season as a whole, the Bears are still ninth in points allowed and 11th in yards allowed, still in the top half of the league in both pass defense and rush defense, top 10 in yards per carry allowed, 12th in yards per pass attempt, and Yes, they haven't had quite the same sack numbers, pass rushing, and turnovers, as perhaps we've come to expect, but it's not as though they've been a terrible defense all season. It's really been something a little bit more recent. I think it started most prominently with the blowout loss to the Green Bay Packers, but then they really choked in the fourth quarter against the Detroit Lions, bounced back against the Houston Texans, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but then, you know, some troubles at times with the Vikings in in the first half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But is that enough of a sample size to say, ah, yeah, get rid of this Chuck Pagano guy, He's, he's a bum, and he doesn't know what he's doing with this Bears defense, given that they have played pretty well Earlier this season, and last season, they were still, once again, a a top five defense in points allowed, even though they had a couple of bumps along the way here and there. It was still generally holding teams to that 20 or under mark for the majority of the season. This year, it's more like the 24 or under mark for the majority of the season. I totally get the intrigue of potentially firing Pagano and, say, hiring back Vic Fangio if he's fired as the Denver Broncos head coach, although at this point I'm not sure how likely that is to happen from the Denver side, let alone if he would want to come back to the Bears and take that same position over. But I question a little bit of what would Vic Fangio be doing differently with this group That Chuck Pagano isn't already doing. It's obviously different defenses and there's different calls that go with it, but at the same time, both coaches are trying to put their players in the best position to succeed, and I'm not sure how much more different Chuck Pagano is supposed to be doing in Chicago. Like, you can say, oh, well, he should blitz more, but there's not a huge guarantee that blitzing more is going to work, that it's going to be the most effective strategy. It may be an effective strategy against some quarterbacks and against some offenses, but, for example, it was not something they implemented against Mike Glennon, and eventually the turnovers came, and eventually the mistakes were there from Glennon. It was kind of the the long play in that regard, but you know, then do you want to blitz against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who's very good at reading defenses before the snap and should be able to find ways to avoid that blitz? I mean, there's no perfect answer to how to properly call a defense. Again, it comes back to sort of putting your players in the best position to succeed. And so I do feel like there are some valid criticisms of Chuck Pagano in terms of being too predictable at times. You know, on third down, they go to a lot of man coverage defenses. They play a lot of the same coverages on the back end that aren't always disguised. And sometimes it's it's him saying, I'm going to trust my players to beat your players one on one. And he doesn't always have the players to do that, both in terms of the pass rush and the coverage on the back end. And that's sort of the other factor here in this Bears defensive struggle is that the last couple of games we've seen no Jalen Johnson and no Buster Screen being injured in there. Both guys to be determined whether or not they're going to be able to play against the Green Bay Packers this week, but that's obviously going to be a problem for any defensive coordinator working with a rookie and a second-year late-round draft pick on the back end. We've had games without Akeem Hicks. I don't think we've had any games without Khalil Mack, but he has been on the injury report and banged up for a lot of the season thus far, and that can really make your pass rushing that much more difficult. Plus, Robert Quinn is not panning out, and Pagano's doing a lot of different things in terms of stunts and bringing pass rushers from different angles to try and free up those rushers on -on one-on-one blocks and get pressures on quarterbacks, and his guys haven't necessarily been executing that at a higher level. So, you know, maybe a different voice at defensive coordinator could... I don't know, motivate them in a different way or connect with them in a different way. Maybe you could be a little bit more disciplined on the back end there, and maybe the Bears have had too many penalties in that regard and some self-inflicted wounds and mistakes there that I think, again, valid criticisms of Chuck Pagano, but do those disappear when you fire your defensive coordinator? Whether you're bringing back Vic Fangio or promoting the defensive line coach Jay Rogers or bringing in somebody else to have to kind of adjust and learn new personnel and learn new terminology for this defense next year. It seems like, if Matt Nagy's coming back as expected, Chuck Pagano is going to come back too, especially if they make the playoffs. And it starts with trying to get that last divisional win over the Green Bay Packers. And as much as the Packers are rightfully favored in this game, it's not going to be the same Bears team that the Packers saw last time. It's been only a few weeks in the NFL, but the Bears have changed quite a bit since then. We'll explore what. Matt Nagy and Chicago are doing differently, and how that could impact the matchup this time around, next on Locked On Bears. If you live anywhere in the Midwest like me, you're either currently digging yourself out from a snowstorm or potentially bracing for more inches to come down this week, and it's a great opportunity to stay inside, order some delicious food from your favorite restaurants from the comfort of your own home with DoorDash. DoorDash is a great way to keep supporting local restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of them open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Ordering is super easy. You just order the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. On tomorrow's podcast... We'll be joined by Peter Bukowski from On Packers for Crossover Thursday. And he's going to give us sort of the local expertise on the Bears' opponent this week. We'll find out just how Green Bay is playing so well and what the Bears can try and do to slow down Aaron Rodgers and company. But today, I want to look a little bit more specifically at the Bears compared to the last time that these two teams played. Because it was an embarrassing showing. One of the most embarrassing losses of Matt Nagy's Bears tenure coming out of the bye week. At one point, I believe they were down 41 to 10 there in the third quarter before the Bears scored a couple of late touchdowns to bring it into 41-25, but not nearly as close even as that scoreline led you to believe. And the Bears are still rolling with the entirely the same players, essentially, but they feel and play like a very different team. At this point, and I I think it's not going to be the same Bears team, and they're in a better position to beat the Packers this time around. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Packers, but I think they are much better off heading into this matchup as they were the last time in the middle of a losing streak. Like, back after that bye week, the Bears had made... Their offensive line change to what is now the current lineup. They had bumped Jermaine Effetti to right tackle, Alex Bars to right guard, Cody Whitehair over to left guard, and it was kind of a mismatch of getting different guys out on the field, and it was a work in progress. I mean, those guys were still getting used to new positions, new sides of the offensive line, and they had some real trouble. You know, Mitch Trubisky had a, a sack force fumble that was brought back for a touchdown. The pressure was an issue, and at times, the run blocking was as well, although David Montgomery was still able to break free for a pretty long run right at the beginning of that game, but that brings me sort of to the the next point of, like, that was a game I remember being particularly frustrated where I think it was the second play of the offense, Montgomery breaks free for 57 yards, and It felt like they pretty well abandoned him and the running game from there until the second half when they were down by three or four touchdowns, and then they kind of were just back to normal offense. And I understand that as they were falling behind in the second quarter, they wanted to stay aggressive and wanted to keep passing the ball, but it was indicative of... concerning trend throughout Matt Nagy's career of abandoning the run, even when it's working well. And when Montgomery rushes for 57 yards right away, the Bears absolutely need to stick with that and make that a focal point of their offense. They did not against Green Bay, but they have since adjusted their offense from a schematic standpoint, particularly a bigger commitment to the running game, and we've seen David Montgomery now eclipse 1,000 yards for the season in, in just 16 weeks, 15 games, and he's been one of the league's leading rushers over the last five or six games or so. And so you have That bigger commitment to the running game as well as a different passing game, a a different scheme in terms of what they're asking Mitch Trubisky to do. Because back in that Packers game, it was Trubisky's first start back in the starting lineup after Nick Foles had gotten hurt. And obviously, I think there were some, I don't know if confidence issues is too strong of a word, but it was Mitch Trubisky still getting his feet back. Underneath him, he's kind of thrown back into the fire And still running a lot of the same sort of Nick Foles type offense You saw Trubisky force a number of deep shots in that game And I think two of them were both intercepted One of them right at the goal line in the end zone Trying to make a play, trying to force it And prior to last week against the Jaguars We hadn't really seen him do much of that And I think perhaps having gotten away with it against Jacksonville Might remind him not to press that so much This week against Green Bay. And I think we'll see the Bears offense more like we saw against Minnesota and Houston before that. With a lot more, well, just kind of continuing and focusing more on the the rollouts, the play action, the easy stuff, the mobility, the simple reads, the open throws. As opposed to trying to be the hero at all times. Just kind of sticking with the offense and being physical. So I think this Bears offense is going to be in a much better spot overall. I'm not sure if the same will be true for the defense just because the health of Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen remains a question mark, as well as Khalil Mack just still not being 100%. I mean, he's a guy that has barely practiced over any, like, the last three or four weeks, still playing every game, but I don't think he's running out there anywhere close to 100%, which has limited the Bears' pass rush, and obviously I would have major concerns about Kendall Vildor and Bust- and uh, Duke Shelley going up against Aaron Rodgers on Sunday, as opposed to the rookie second-round pick and, and Buster screen. Because, you know, in the, in the first Packers matchup, we did see Aaron Rodgers attack screen a lot, really going after that slot position, a lot of those crossing routes, both deep and underneath. And I still think the Bears have some vulnerability to that, but I, I do give Chuck Magano some credit for adjusting somewhat. He, he has put a clear emphasis on having his safeties take away at least the deep crossing routes. I think they're a little bit more... Willing to give up the, the short underneath throw and kind of step up and make that tackle for a three, four, five yard gain as opposed to the 15 to 20 yard intermediate throws that Rodgers was having so much success with last time. And so I, I think the Bears should be a little bit better schemed to adjust for some of those potential weaknesses they were having against Green Bay last time. And also, Akeem Hicks did not play against the Packers. And I think we've seen throughout this season. Just how different this Bears defense is when Akeem Hicks is out versus when Akeem Hicks is in. It's not always in the box score. It's not always in the pass rushing numbers. It's not always reflected that way. But there's a certain energy, a certain discipline, a certain moxie, a certain hype that this Bears defense brings when Akeem Hicks is in the game as opposed to when he is out. And so assuming he's ready to go against Green Bay, I think the Bears defense will carry itself a little bit differently, have a little bit more confidence, a little bit better energy, and really be ready to go to take on the Packers. From there, it's all about the playoffs, and I'm curious to see just how well this Bears team is built for the postseason, because it does tend to be a little bit of a different breed of football, but we haven't seen this exact combination have those opportunities with this new scheme and this new identity that the Bears are showing. We'll look at some of the successful traits of playoff-caliber opponents, and compare the Bears as they enter 2021 next on Locked on Bears. The oddsmakers over at betonline.ag seem to be getting more confident in your Chicago Bears. From last week to this week, the Bears' Super Bowl odds cut in half, a little bit less than half, from 150 to 1, down to just 80 and 1. Same as the Miami Dolphins and Arizona Cardinals, ahead of the Washington football team, Dallas, and the New York Giants, but not far behind teams like the Cleveland Browns and the Colts ahead of them. But in terms of winning the NFC Championship, just getting the Super Bowl, Bears went from 75 to 1 to 33 to 1. Still sixth among the seven potential playoff teams there. But you're starting to run out of time to get those bets in on the Bears playoffs. So make sure you head on over to betonline.ag today because it's the number one place we trust. Sign up for a free account and use our promo code On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Speaking of sportsbook experts, if you haven't checked out the new Locked on Bets podcast here in the Locked on Podcast Network, you're missing out because our handicapping expert Lee Sterling has been hot pretty much all month long, but especially over the last week or so. He had a very successful Christmas on the books. They've got daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. So subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast wherever you get your podcasts. In some ways, the Bears seem well-built for the playoffs, but they still have a lot to prove. When I think of the traits of teams that have the most success, the traits that are most valuable for teams to have that success in the postseason, what comes to mind right away is certainly experience. seems like the teams that have had especially playoff experience, but even just experienced players who have seen quite a bit in the NFL can rely on that in some of those critical game situations and be able to pull through. I think that's a pretty big factor. We also see an added emphasis on winning in the trenches, uh, particularly on both sides of the ball, not just having a good offensive line, but being able to win on defense as well and kind of control the game up front. I also think it requires extra discipline. You, you really have to make sure in the playoffs that you're not beating yourself and that if you're going to lose, it's the opponent beating you and not you holding yourself back. And then I also think especially, and this might be the biggest one for me, in the playoffs, it's a lot of times it's about playmakers making plays in the big moments. That is so often in the playoffs, it's so much more about, I hate the cliche, Jimmys and Joes over Xs and Os, but it's like you need your biggest players to make their biggest plays in those biggest moments. It's not typically the group of unsung heroes across the board that runs all the way through to the Super Bowl. That it, it, Within that, there's a couple of key playmakers that can kind of step up and be the player that they're paid to be and that they're expected to be for their team. And so if we start with experience, obviously this has not been a postseason team that has had much experience in the postseason any time recently. And generally speaking, the offense is pretty young and missing that experience. I mean, Alan Robinson is kind of one of your veteran leaders there. He's not even 30 yet. Jimmy Graham obviously having some postseason experience with the Saints, Seahawks, and Packers before that. But then, like, you know, Robinson never had it in, in Jacksonville. You've got a rookie in Darnell Mooney, younger players around them at wide receiver. The offensive line is a lot of either young players or guys that have been in Chicago for their whole careers, except for Jermaine Effetti. He has some experience in the playoffs from his time in Seattle, and your backfield is young and inexperienced. Your quarterback has never had that sort of experience. And so that's something of interest, something I'll be keeping my eye on moving forward. It's not necessarily a prerequisite that you, you, don't, you can get away with not, without having the experience, but that's definitely something that helps ...to have as opposed to not have. Defense has a little bit more of that. You know, guys like Tashawn Gibson, Robert Quinn... you know, even Danny Trevathan before he came to Chicago... ...had won a Super Bowl in Denver. Khalil Mack has had a lot of experience in the NFL. A key mix with the Saints and the Patriots before that. There are some guys there that have seen some things in the NFL... ...and that can kind of help mentor and lead the way for their younger players. So I think the defensive experience is a little bit better in that regard... ...than the offense. But it's also going to take some real physicality up front... And we've seen the Bears' offensive line improve in that regard dramatically over the last, what, four or five games since they switched to this lineup. And they've been winning up front on that offensive line now, as opposed to the losing they were doing so frequently there in previous weeks. Obviously, they haven't necessarily been challenged by the best defensive lines against some of these lower-quality opponents. And they may face a higher-tier opponent in the postseason that will test them in a way that they have not been tested yet, but I think we can all be a little bit encouraged about the progress that they've made up front on that side of the ball and defensively, even though they haven't been as dominant in run defense as you'd like to see, and the pass rush hasn't been quite as good as you'd like to see, I still think I have a lot of faith in the guys being physical up front. I, th- I still think their issues in run defense tend to come at the second level with the linebackers and the defensive backs coming in as opposed to the defensive linemen you know, getting blocked out of plays and not filling their gaps properly. And then it seems like at times the Bears have gotten pass rush from some of the other guys up front. You know, the Brent Urbans, the Mario Edwards, Bilal Nichols is on, I don't know if he's on a sack streak still, but he's been getting to the quarterback frequently over the last few games. There's reason to believe this defensive line can win in the trenches, but I guess the defensive trend as of late is a little bit discouraging in that regard as well. But I I do think it feels at least like they've made some progress in terms of discipline. That early in the season, there were a lot of penalties on that side of the ball, and it felt like so often the Bears were shooting themselves in the foot and keeping drives alive based on... You know, a key third down roughing the passer or it's a defensive holding call here or illegal contact there or a random, you know, off or something like that. That it was like they kept shooting themselves in the foot and beating themselves. But as I look over the last four or five games or so, the defense hasn't had more than two penalties in any game. Last week against the Jaguars, I believe it was one. The week before that, it was three in week 15. So excuse me there. But they're, they're doing better in that regard on both sides of the ball, I think. We're not seeing... False starts like we were earlier in the year. We're not seeing as many holding penalties called. Offensive pass interference has been kind of few and far between. There's always going to be penalties here and there. But you wonder if in the playoffs perhaps they'll let them play a little bit more than we've seen. And I think the Bears have been more disciplined in terms of penalties this year as of late. But I don't know that overall they've been as disciplined as you'd want in terms of the fundamentals, at least on defense, where guys sometimes out of position in a way that's uncharacteristic, both the linebacker and defensive back spots in run defense. I keep kind of coming back to that. Eddie Jackson's taken some weird angles this season. A couple of guys have been out of place in coverage, especially over the middle of the field. So I do have some concerns about that discipline as well. And then when it comes to playmakers, being able to make big plays in big moments, I think offensively we've seen... Allen Robinson fully capable of being that proven go-to playmaker in the last few games and really his whole career in Chicago, but highlighted over the last few games. I think the last few Jimmy Graham touchdowns we've seen have also been some progress there, and maybe that can turn on a little bit for the playoffs as well, given his experience. We've seen David Montgomery make excellent plays down the stretch here. So I think, and and even with Trubisky's legs too, I, I think the Bears are okay from a playmaker standpoint on offense, you'd like to see you know Darnell Mooney get more involved, Anthony Miller, Cordell Patterson, if, if he gets healthier, Cole Komet. There's room for more to happen there. But I think we can trust the Bears' offensive playmakers to be able to step up in key and critical situations. The defense, you would think based on the talent and the names, you would trust more. I mean, you have Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson. But those guys haven't consistently stepped up and made plays. Roquan Smith last week stepped into that playmaking role with the two interceptions. I mean, he had a phenomenal game, and that's the kind of playmaking the Bears need to put this defense over the top in the playoffs. But they need it from at least one of their pass rushers. They need that signature Khalil Mack third down strip sack to change the tide of the game in the second quarter against Aaron Rodgers. Or they need Eddie Jackson to fly across the field and sky up for a key interception to get this Bears offense the ball back and you know slow down the momentum that the opposing offense might be building. Or Kyle Fuller to come down and deliver one of those big hits that jars a ball loose on a key third down conversion. You know, plays like that, it, it doesn't always have to be turnovers necessarily. It doesn't have to be the force fumble. It doesn't have to be the the interception or anything like that. It can just be executing your job in the biggest moments, breaking up a pass, you know, getting that SWAT up there, or batting a pass down at the line of scrimmage, or stepping up in run defense and making that tackle right at the line of scrimmage on fourth and two. You know, it's it's not always the huge stat sheet filler, but it's key plays in key moments from your key players. The Bears playoff success is not going to be decided by Brent Urban. It's not going to be decided by Barcavius Mingo off the bench or Buster Screen necessarily in the slot. It's not really those guys that make the key difference when it comes to the playoffs, but it's it's your big-name playmakers living up to their billing. And we saw that at times back in 2018 against the Eagles, and sometimes it wasn't there enough either. And that's where I think the Bears still have a lot to prove as they potentially prepare for the playoffs this year. How how will their lack of experience potentially affect them there? Can we trust them to win in the trenches on both sides of the ball? Will they stay disciplined enough? And will those playmakers make those key plays that haven't quite been there as much as we would like this season? I've said it before, but I think this Packers game will give us a good sense of at least some answers to that question as far as how well they match up with Green Bay, how close they can keep that game or let alone win that game and prove that they can keep up and contend with the potential number one seed in the NFC. And it's really already feeling like a playoff game for the Bears, so it's kind of like they're already in the playoffs, so I think it'll be a good test in that regard as well. And we'll make sure you are 100% ready for the matchup after tomorrow's Crossover Thursday podcast, so make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Bears to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Again, no Friday podcast this week with the New Year's Day holiday, but... We'll be back on Monday to recap what should be a Chicago Bears playoff berth, or if not, getting started with the offseason after a disappointing end to 2020. The new year is almost here. I hope you're ready to put this year in the rearview mirror like the rest of us and go into 2021 ready to bear down.